to our podcast listeners. And remember, you can get our lives in podcast form wherever you get good podcasts. Now, let's start with our topic. It's it's another of my blogs. Um, I'm going through, through our blogs, seeing what I need to update and translating them into our lives and into our podcasts. They're still relevant, in my humble opinion. They are due for, for relaunching, so that's what I'm doing, yeah? Um, what we're going to be talking about for the next three Fridays is how to reach your yoga goals, whether you're a yoga student or, as I prefer to call ourselves, yoga practitioners. And if you're also a yoga teacher, I hope I can... My fellow teachers, I hope I can help you in just realigning your goals, remembering who we are and all that. We'll go through it. Through it. Now, let's get on to it. Reaching your yoga goals for yoga students, or practitioners, and teachers. As students, many of us come into yoga through the physical aspect. Even if you're a teacher, we all start as students, yes? A lot of us go to yoga through the physical aspect, maybe as an exercise or a physical therapy or um, a weight loss program. Some come to de-stress, yeah? And some don't even know why they're drawn to yoga. They just know that they are. Kudos to you. They gave it a go. Yeah, they're drawn to it, they're intrigued by it, even if they are physically okay. Um, I think all of us um, can do with some de-stressing, yeah, and some um, sense of calm and sense of peace. And I think that's the biggest attractor to, to the practice of yoga. Whatever your initial reasons are, and I hope this topic helps you in, in any way. Take what you want, take what you need, and leave the rest, yeah? Okay, side note, I mentioned this earlier, side note, there is um, a podcast episode that uh, of this that's coming out soon, and because there are nine points to cover, five for practitioners and four for teachers, I am just putting my phone on airplane mode, sorry about that. As I mentioned, we are going to spread this over three, three Fridays, three weekends, yeah? I will circle back to my reason why I prefer calling um, students practitioners instead. And that will be under the goals for um, teachers, how to reach your yoga goals if you're a yoga teacher. All right, so number one, Number one, be an empty cup, yeah? Be an empty cup. If you've ever um, done any martial arts, you would have heard about this, this axiom. Being an empty cup means that even though you have experience, you don't elevate yourself. You realize that there are people practicing the same, whether that's martial arts or, or yoga or anything, that may have more knowledge and experience than you do and may have less knowledge and experience than you do, yeah? Regardless of whether 
you are an absolute yoga beginner or someone with years of experience, it is essential that you let go of your preconceptions and expectations because this leads you to self-judgment. You're judging yourself, you're judging your yoga teacher, and you're judging the practice in general as a whole. If you come into it with so much preconceptions and so much um, expectations, this because this throws shade on a practice that hasn't even begun yet and does yourself a disservice. But this is different from goal setting. Yeah, please don't confuse um, the empty cup mindset to goals setting um, in your practice. Have a goal in mind, but having a preconceived notion of how and when. To get there or how to do it can lead to a feeling of frustration and disillusionment. And you don't want to, to enter that phase yeah, or that state. There is also a tendency to start competing with yourself, your fellow practitioners, and even with your teacher. Yeah, When you come to yoga full of preconceived ideas of how to do, to do things or how things ought to be. If you have this image in your head, especially if um, I'm not dissing on, on, on these, yeah, please don't get me wrong, but if you have so many preconceived ideas, like I had, uh, I had a yoga student before who would not take modifications even though I could see that they're struggling. And she, in a rather irritated, irritated quip towards me, said, that's how I saw it on Instagram. So that's how I'm doing it. Let me just repeat that. She said, that's how I saw it on Instagram, so that's how I'm doing it. And this is a prime example of what I mean about preconceived notions. Just because you saw it on social media, saw someone in, in a swanky pose, does it mean that you ought to be doing that pose in the exact same form? That person's body is not your body. Their mindset is not, not your mindset. And um, their state of being is not you. They may already have a lot of experience under their belts. Um, they may have naturally strong bodies or flexible bodies we don't know you don't know if um, they are forcing themselves into the pose or that it's easy for them to get into the pose but the point is just because you saw it on social does that mean that that is what you have to do there are modifications that suit Practically all body types and, and all states, all shapes, yeah? That doesn't mean that pose, that deep pose, whatever it is, cannot be your goal. By all means, if you want to achieve that, go ahead and target that. But it doesn't have to be the first one that you do along your journey, yeah? Do you get me? If you have any questions in that or comments, Please type it in, yeah? I want us to have a discussion. I just want to reiterate something there as well, that uh, all these 
preconceptions and expectations that that is imposed on the practice and that encompasses you, your fellow practitioners and your teacher and how they teach, does a disservice to you because you've already brought up those barriers even before your journey has begun or even if it already has begun, you've brought up hurdles along your along your path and that that is a disservice to you, yeah? Second, I like our lives to be short um, because I personally can't, um, <laughs> can't stick to long lives, but that's why we're breaking it up. And this is our second, and we will stop after, after this one. Find a yoga studio, whether that's live, an in-studio class, or online, because a lot of us are online. And I think a lot of my fellow teachers and I think that it is something that will stay. It was there before COVID. A lot of us went online, pivoted online like ballerinas with our heads still spinning <laughs> when COVID struck. And I think a lot of us are sticking online. So look for a yoga studio in studio or online, a style. We've covered the, um, the concept of styles in a previous podcast and a previous blog. Um, I believe it's um, the 10 mindsets of a modern yogi, so um, catch that one as well. Or um, a teacher that suits you. Let me just clean up that statement a bit. Find a studio, whether that's live or online, a teacher or a style, their style of teaching that suits you. Don't cookie cutter yourself into the first um, studio that you see, yeah? Don't force fit yourself into the latest, the most modern or hottest studio out there, whether that's live on or online, because you pop up like mushrooms, yeah? Some of us have earned that, that longevity, but a lot of us just kind of yeah? Hatha yoga or the branch of yoga that helps us through um, the physical discipline or the physicality of yoga is by far the most common type of yoga available. Under this are all of the styles, quote-unquote styles, that we see around. I put that on air quotes um, and I explained that um, in our mindset of a modern yogi. And if you want us to elaborate why I do that, give me um, a comment and I will prepare a blog and a live that elaborates why I put air quotes on the word yoga style. Yeah, I do have a, a, a reason. You might agree with me, you might not. Well, let's discuss that um, in a future episode. Anyway, all of the styles that we see, that whether that's vinyasa flow, ashtanga, kundalini, anusara, ayengar, bikram, jiva mukti, power yoga, sivananda, slow flow, power flow, power yoga, dynamic yoga, yin yoga, calligraphy yoga, and those are just... Um, the ones I've listed down, there may be so many more, including yoga therapy. They're all under the umbrella of Hatha Yoga. 
do your research. I do implore you to do your research and find out which of these various um, types best fit you and not just on a physical level, but psychologically, what suits your psycho-emotional makeup as well. Your physiological, so your physical, your physiological, your psychological, and your emotional makeup. Find a style or a studio that fits all four. Don't forget as well that while yoga is, is not a religion by any means, yeah, it is not a religion, most classes will always have a spiritual aspect, no matter which style you choose. So take that into consideration. There are teachers like myself, like Mad Yogi, who offer classes without the spirituality. So there's, there's always something for everyone. You just need to invest a bit of time to find them and try them out. Yeah. For example, for myself, because I personally am not um, a spiritual person, as an example of the non-spiritual aspect. Is it still yoga? Of course it is. Because again, yoga is not a religion. The philosophies and the, the beliefs of yoga does not necessarily have to be spiritual and definitely not airy-fairy and woo-woo. My point of view is because I'm not spiritual, but I like, I love actually the humanity that yoga teaches. Let me just state that again. I love the humanity that yoga teaches. That means um, unconditional love, understanding, kindness, compassion, empathy, all those. Those transcend any religion, any, any institutionalized belief system. Those things transcend those. And that's how I believe that is how it should be. There should be kindness should be practiced by everyone. Compassion, empathy, even that the, the most shallow understanding and, and compassion that we can give our fellow human beings. Sometimes that's enough. And again, that transcends any institutionalized belief system. So that's why in, in my classes or in my, in the whole Mad Yogi teachings and, and philosophies and how I deliver classes and mindsets, um, there's no religious or spiritual shade. And for things that may be construed as, as every fairy or woo, meaning to say when, when um, I say have deep breaths, feel the breath going through your nostrils, into your, into your airways and down through the lowest lobes of the lungs, that's physiological. That's not airy fairy. Anyway, the point is there is a yoga teacher out there for everyone all shapes all sizes all all mind mindsets or 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 physical and psycho emotional makeup there there is a teacher there out out um out for you not to get you but for you yeah another thing to consider this is the last paragraph on my um on my notes another thing to consider is the yoga studio itself whether that's like 
or online. How do you feel when you enter this studio? How do you feel? Yeah. Do you like big and busy yoga classes? Some people do. Or would you prefer a more intimate setting? Or would you prefer private yoga? A lot of teachers provide that as well. Would you prefer a, a true one-on-one class with um, the yoga teacher? Is the user experience for online studios, is the user experience of the website good? Or do you feel lost getting around it? Do you find the things that you um, are looking for in any particular website? Do you find what are you looking for easy? Is it easy to navigate? Or are you feeling lost? Do you have so many things to click? Are the drop-downs easy to um, to navigate, easy to read and understand as well? And is there good value on the website? Or do you need to pay for each and every class? Essentially, you click, you pay. <laughs> is, it, is there a business um, model like that? Or do they have bundles? Um, do they have free trials? Everyone likes a, a, a free trial. Studios, in-studio yoga um, offer free trials. And there's also a lot of online studios that also offer free trials. So um, essentially, the point is shop around. I know um, you may think, oh, well, there's too many out there. How do I know which one to get? Um it may be a big investment in time and effort on your part, but believe me, it is a, a worthwhile investment because when you find that yoga teacher that resonates with you, that you are their niche, remember that as well. If you feel that you are a particular teacher's yoga niche, you are the one that they're talking to, then investigate, you know, do their free classes, see if, if um, they resonate with you. And if they do, stick with them for a bit. See how you go. And if you want to change it up, by all means, change it up. Or if you want to really stick with this teacher because there really is that um, you feel comfortable. There's that rapport. You feel that you're um, being, being heard. If you ask a question, they do respond to you. You feel welcome in their studio uh, or website, um, that they provide that community online. In any form that you feel comfortable with them, stick to them a bit. See how that relationship grows. And I will thread that idea into the next point, the third point of reaching your yoga goals as a yoga student or as a yoga practitioner. And we will pick it up next week. Bye. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to our Mad Yogi podcast. I hope you got something from this episode and I look forward to you joining me next time. If you want curated, practical, and affordable on-demand yoga classes, courses, and other yoga resources, come and join me on madyogi.net. That's madyogi.net. Bye!